0: Too Busy to Flush, I'm Jay Friesen. And I'm Molly. Good evening, Molly. How are you?
1: I'm fine, thank you. Yep,
0: that's right. She's my wife, and she's fine tonight. We are a podcast that talks about faith, food, fun, family, friends, frolicking. Friction. Footless in the fields of flowers.
1: Speaking of friction, frolicking. Mm Mm-hmm. I just felt a some sort of poke on my foot, like I stepped on a thistle earlier or something. Did you? I, it's very possible I was and out in our. something
0: stuck in your skin. I was
1: out in our our field. That is still full of not full. Full of thistles, which actually is a great segue into everything I want to talk about tonight. And I didn't even do that on purpose. I really did feel. You know when you like touch one of the thistles that has the teeny tiny yeah, and it's super small and it it stays in your foot and it bugs you. I feel like I have one of those in my foot right now. And of course, I'm not going to be able to find it.
0: That just poke you and stay with you forever.
1: (laughs) No, although man, our girls have been just
0: they've been crazy this week,
1: destroying me this week.
0: It's only just Tuesday, you guys. No, it's Monday.
1: It's only Monday. It's
0: only Monday. So
1: last week is carrying over into this week. But just
0: hence, hence why we had no podcast last week. I'm really sorry about that. We tried to make it happen. But actually, my parents called an audible. They were coming out in the next... Well, they were probably coming out this week was the original plan. But then my dad's former boss, friend, mentor, slash guy he donated a kidney to died and the family asked my dad to speak at the funeral so they showed up um way earlier on than intended on 2 days notice on 2 days notice so they were with us all last week which is probably a legit reason not to do a podcast but we tried but it was just it was a hectic week my mom is still here and it's great and yeah she's like one it's fantastic
1: but i sort of wonder if there's a little bit of like if part of the girl's emotional edge is the excitement and adrenaline of having Grammy here all the time and then it just Grammy's so nice and lovely and fun and mom yes. is not and so when mom lays down the law there's a lot of weeping and gnashing of teeth in the very literal sense
0: That could be the case not I don't entirely, know what, I don't
1: know what it is but I'm getting I'm certain. really struggling
0: Whew. but last weekend was one of the first weekends we've been home. All summer. I think all summer. So it was kind of like, I was staring at my new bullet journal. And if you guys have listened to previous episodes, you'll know that I started bullet journaling. I was looking through my list of going, okay, what? I'm home for a Saturday. (laughs) Your mom. What what do I need to get done since I'm going to be home for one Saturday? And we got two more weekends, we're going to be gone. And then it's, we're going to be home
1: Until hunting season. Until
0: hunting... Well, you'll be home until ski season, and then I'll be home until hunting season. And then ski season hits. Anyway, so I'm going through... And the one thing... I have, like, three projects on there. And I have to do something before I could... And all of those three projects are dependent upon these timbers we brought back from the cabin. If you follow us on Instagram, you'll see hashtag timberproject. It's never ending around here. So I spent a good chunk of Saturday morning hand-peeling two 13-foot... trees timber logs that are probably 18
1: inches in diameter 18 inches in diameter
0: yeah so and it's about 90 degrees outside and we have fires everywhere so it's really really smoky and all of that smoke all of it just creates you know the humidity it just flattens out the weather and it just becomes hot and sticky and you don't do anything and you just start sweating and that's what it was like. So I was out there peeling logs for the first half of the day, and boy, that wore me out. I figured I must have bad form, because there's some guys that are... They do this for a living, and they do a lot of them, so there must be a technique that I don't have. Yeah,
1: probably. Which Even is like fine. Even, like, digging holes. I'm terrible at digging holes, yeah. because I don't do very much of
0: it. It's, you know, it was it's actually oddly therapeutic, because you can get the once you get through the first big bark layer then it's a matter of like getting the angle just right and you can kind of just shave little bits and pieces off so you're like well i got to get a little bit there a little bit there and i'm i am guessing the goal is is to get it to the point where you can really just this when you oil it or stain it it just it really sticks well um but i asked uh, we had a friend over i don't remember who the friend is now we have had so many people come by um i had a friend over and we were talking about peeling logs no he wasn't over i remember who it was we were at a park with uh with uh Some friends of ours. And then the guy who's going to help us design the inside of our Spartan trailer goes, Yeah, I did that for a summer once. Really? Yeah. I said, So how do you... And I asked him, How do you get through the knots? Because the blade that I'm using is a double-handed blade, probably two feet wide. And so you just kind of shave it. you, You pull it towards yourself, and you just shave the log. And I said, So how do you get through the knots and get into the cracks and the divots? And he's like, Well, you know, the divots are like... He kind of just shrugged his shoulders... He's like, but the knots, you just keep your blade sharp and power right through them. I'm like, whoa! You mean you just shave right through? Me? He's like, yep. Wow. I'll shave right through them and I'll give way, and I'll cut my gut open.
1: Yeah, right. I was just picturing that. You never you pull a knife towards yourself when you're
0: <laughs> right. Well, in this case, it's all you so. do. So, but it was actually oddly therapeutic. So, uh, that that was um,
1: part of that was crazy. just a random
0: crazy. Yeah, part of our crazy our craziness. So, anyway, we're here. And Molly's got thistles in her feet and it's thistles indicative. In it's indicative of something going on in our lives that she's itching to talk about.
1: <laughs> no, I've just been. See what I did there? About, itching to talk itching. about? Oh, See you did? Yeah.
0: Sorry. Uh, okay, sorry. It doesn't
1: itch though, it more like stings. Okay. But my, my leg where the wasp stung me yesterday, that itches and stings. That looks
0: that looks terrible.
1: It's intense. Um No, do you remember... I don't think we've ever told our people about our goat head slash puncture vine problem when we first moved in. We have... We live on two acres, and approximately one of those acres was completely unusable because it was so overtaken. If you don't know what a goat head is, look up puncture vine or goat's head, and it's this little vine that spreads... And it grows these little yellow flowers that turn into
0: chickpea-sized,
1: like, like four or five part the the flower is chickpea-sized.
0: No, the actual goat's head is is like the it's big, smaller
1: I, than a chickpea. No, no,
0: no, no. I picked up, I picked up, I pulled Some several this week,
1: and then they dry up smaller. They, yeah, yeah. They, they
0: were chickpea-sized. I was like, holy yeah. Crap, when they're those are when big.
1: they're green, and then they dry up into these rock hard. I would honestly rather step on a thumbtack than a goat's head. Yeah. It's less painful, and the goat's heads are sharper, and they embed themselves and in your foot. And they have
0: spikes all the way around them that are roughly eighth of an inch long.
1: And they, they destroy bike tires our first summer here. Oh, man. Our kids couldn't even ride their bikes because of that. Our dogs would walk into the field and come limping back because they would have them embedded in their paws. And they were so bad that in places they were probably half an inch deep just piles of these and And
0: one plant you know when they grow if there's nothing you know they they do really well without competition which kind of like some people we know I I love that joke (laughs) (laughs) but if if they're left to their own and, and this this lot was dirt but they grow really really flat and really really far and so you'll get Uh, If they come out the tendrils, they'll grow multiple tendrils and each tendril will be two feet, feet, three feet long and have, you know, four or five dozen of these things on them. Mm -hmm. It's just gnarly. And then they grow and they like to hide. They've got this really, they like to camouflage themselves. I'm sure this will go into your analogy. They like to camouflage themselves under other plants. So there'll be another weed that looks somewhat similar different once you get used to looking at them but it grows up right next to it and underneath it and then spreads out from there and it's just like you, freaky little weeds and
1: they grow so fast we will check the same place over and over and all of a sudden there's this one that's three feet wide and yeah has i just checked two days
0: ago and molly goes look what i just pulled out of there I'm but like,
1: the, i don't me. know if you remember this but the summer that we moved in we had I had at least a lot of talks, especially with Titus, who was five at the time. It's hard to imagine Titus was Elisa's age when we moved in here.
0: That's um, that my head
1: it, but um, but with the idea that when we're talking to him about his sin, we're trying to do it while there's one little bitty goat's head weed just starting to pop up. And not an entire field that's been overtaken. And the reason that we had such a problem and it took such drastic measures I mean, weed killer, burning, plowing the entire scraping. In fact, you the guys, this is field. a fun fact.
0: One of the only proven ways to kill an existing goat head pod seed spawn of Satan is to burn it until it cracks but which it has, is like 300 degrees or yeah, something. Yeah, so like it's that.
1: not like you'd thought about going through the field with a blowtorch, but that wouldn't be hot yeah, it enough. That wouldn't be hot enough. Yeah. But um so um anyway, I had a lot of talks that obviously stuck with me and maybe didn't stick with him, but it it seems like as I think about all of my kids around the age of 5, there was this discovery of shame. And usually lashing out in anger when we try to address things with them. And I'm seeing that with Elise now. Like, she runs and hides, literally. Like, she'll go hide in a corner of her room or bury her face in her bed when you're trying to talk to her about something. And when it's not this week, and I'm not always frustrated with her, um, I think that I genuinely try to approach her with grace and mercy and kindness and not just bringing down the law and hammering her with how bad she is and what she's done wrong but even approaching her in the most kind and gentle way I can imagine she still has this reflexive sense of shame and fear and needing to hide and so and and I remember Titus at this age me saying look If we ignore this little weed in your heart, which is what happened with our lot next door, is the people didn't think it was a big deal. And, you know, so they didn't deal with the one weed that then multiplied into, you know, 60 seeds. That multiplied then into, you know, I mean, it just went up exponentially until we are still dealing with the ramifications of their neglect of the weed's years later, after taking super drastic measures. So I just spent, particularly that first year when we were working so hard, to get the field into a usable condition, and to something that would not be incredibly painful every time somebody happened to stray off of the sidewalk or off of the line of grass. Um, just pointing out to Titus, look, we either deal with it when it's small, or it gets a way out of control and it takes super drastic measures to deal with. And here we are and think about people who didn't grow up being discipled and in the faith years after coming to the Lord they still have goat's heads as it were popping up in their hearts this residual lingering struggle of sin because they weren't discipled into training their hearts to pop up little weeds as they popped up and to deal with them as they popped up and, and you so end up they... you end up
0: having a, a, a massive, traumatic event in your life that kind of acts as that drastic measure to get rid of the weeds you know in our case for the puncture vine you know they again they don't do well with competition but they're still pretty resilient but we ended up um scraping like taking almost the whole first layer off of the entire lot scrape it down put down fresh topsoil and then we 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 put laid down sod the first half of that and then the second part of that we planted uh, dryland prairie grass. So not only did we did we take drastic measures to eradicate, but we replaced
1: mm-hmm.
0: the the worst stuff with with healthy stuff. But even still years later, you know the grass is super healthy all over the case, but you know you'll get you'll get a puncture vine coming up in the in the crack. Or you'll be walking through and see a small teeny patch of goat heads over here in this grass where they've found like a bare spot to grow. And
1: that's the thing is it's um, in the stuff where we replanted the good stuff. Um, it comes up where the good stuff isn't super healthy. For yeah. I mean, that's that's where I've been finding them. I also find them. I don't know if I've told you this along the edge of the garden between. Our normal lawn and the little fence that you built, Mm -hmm. there's all those weeds. And if I pull the weeds aside, Mm -hmm. I've found some really big ones in there. So they're still where they're thriving. It's amidst other weeds or in the dry, deserty stuff that we're not watering well. And so there's nothing healthy competing with it. And boom, you know, there's a giant.
0: But it can stay dormant. They can stay dormant for two, three years. Before popping up. Like, I remember last year, we had very few that we went through that and actually found and pulled. That we just, we didn't yeah. really have much. I'm like, man, we finally kicked. And this year, it's wow. A ton.
1: But we've also been watering that field more. Right.
0: We've been watering the field more, but so they've had a chance to germinate. But, you know, if, if you if we deal with them, it takes 10, 15, 20 minutes if you find some to just go and pull them. Like I pull them week. by hand now. Yeah. Once, about once a week, I'll walk through the whole field. And I'll just pull them by hand.
1: Or if you're just being mindful as you're going about your day. Like I was carrying some buckets of water to the trees on the edge of the field this evening. And I happened into a little dry patch. And there were like six of them there. And some of them had actually gone to seed. And so, you know, I very well could have just been on my mission, doing my thing. And if I had not been... Watching where I was stepping, I would have missed the telltale, dainty little yellow flowers that indicated that there was something going to seed there. And, you know, so then I stopped because we've trained ourselves to be like, hey, red flag. You know, so we trained
0: ourselves to see them. I actually was spending, I was going through finding them in the tall grass, and they're really weird. You know, they grow flat. Unless of course, and the and you you know they're in this taller grass, which is super not no it was super rare. It was like this one section, and in every case around this one section, the grass. If I move the grass away where the weed was, it was a bare patch where this weed had yeah. come up. But the weed will actually instead of going out flat, it'll come straight up. Hmm. And so it'll actually grow. That. To get to it couldn't the do, sun and it the It couldn't grass. do that forever because then the the seeds would would pull it down, it down. Would weigh it down, but. Um, and they're nasty You guys, I'm going to use I'll let Molly continue her analogy But I'm going to use I found a picture of one And they even just look like demon heads
1: They do And
0: I'm going I'm to make that well, That's you know, going to be the cover of, of this podcast Sheep go to heaven,
1: goats go to hell This
0: is the This is the Yes And these. You, do,
1: you, do, you know, do you know that oh, cake song I'm referring to? Yeah Sheep go, go to, to heaven, go heaven
0: Goats go, go, to go to hell And yep. then of
1: course The bridge go to hell <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm going to make it the show cover, the episode cover uh, of this episode because it's just nasty. nasty
1: So I also, you should juxtapose it with a cute little dainty flower where you're like, Oh Oh, yeah, that little, that
0: pretty yellow flower. Something lovely growing
1: in my garden. It took a long time for us to recognize that that was actually what was causing.
0: It's actually the green, green, um, I actually recognize it with the leaves now, but. You know it's kind of like pornography it looks beautiful and then you get into it and it becomes this thorn that ruins your life
1: yeah. and that <laughs> and that keeps popping up
0: keeps popping up you, you never know? truly get rid of it like yeah. it's
1: it's got lasting yeah. effects that you have to keep battling but i'll say it's years.
0: nice to go through and pull what we what we have because then it's it's like you know for every one we pull it's sad satis- it's really satisfying knowing that
1: that's preventing you're, you're pulling future. old weeds at this
0: point you're preventing future ones preventing current Take it's all, and so eventually you would think these would become a really a lot, a lot rarer. You would hope, you would hope, you would hope. Yeah.
1: Um, but I think that we're always going to be on our guard against them for the rest of our lives because of our experience with them. Um, sort of like how parents who've had experience with pornography are more on the guard with it with their kids because they know how, how nasty. It is, and how hard it is to uproot. So you're on your guard more than somebody who may not have previous experience in that battle.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, another weed issue that I've been thinking about that has a spiritual analogy is thistles. Both at the cabin and along our the the hole where you guys dug for... Uh, putting the new sprinkler system in this spring.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, thistles are the first thing to come up in earth that's been disturbed. Like at the cabin where the dams have been built for ponds or where in in the places where they've done the logging and they've burned the big slash piles. All that's growing there right now are these nasty thistles And they're an invasive species that takes advantage of the normal flora being disturbed. And I was thinking about that with regard to the... So what you have to do is, in the case of the thistles, you either have to plant, replant deliberately... um, seed that's going to match the normal flora of your, um, of the environment where the ground has been disturbed. And, or if you let the thistles take root, you have to work really hard at eradicating the thistles. And then you have to deliberately plant seed, good seed, or the thistles are just going to come right back in. And that I was thinking about in relation to our sermon on Sunday and the question the spiritual inventory of how are you doing during this whole coronavirus
0: did he post that spiritual national, inventory somewhere
1: I I didn't ask him to so he probably I mean not that he would do it because of me but did he
0: write it himself
1: um i don't know
0: i cuz i was actually nice thinking question. i was actually thinking that it would be we should read it out on the show and i totally forgot to um was it in the was it in the order of worship it or wasn't no oh just
1: okay. do a quick google search of like Spiritual inventory questions
0: uh, That's going to bring up uh...
1: Crazy stuff Anyway,
0: go ahead and keep talking
1: Well, I mean, so it was The the point was um, For him that That this is a time Where a lot of us Have gotten really lazy And let our guard down And our normal Spiritual disciplines That for a lot of us Like me, quite frankly Are bolstered by things like church attendance, regular Bible study, uh, Sunday school for my kids, that, um, those have gone by the wayside because we can't do them or we haven't been able to do them for a long time. And now, now that, at least for us in Montana, now that they're available again, we are so accustomed to not doing them that there's a lot of inertia stopping us from diving back into the spiritual disciplines. And so, um, I guess we haven't been clear at our, in our sermon on Sunday, our pastor did a list of, I think it was 20 questions. Maybe it was 20 questions of just how are you doing spiritually? Like, are you reading your Bible regularly? Are you, how often on a scale of one to 10 are you, do you think about the things of the Lord? Do you pray um, are you giving regularly still? Are you seeking out ways to be involved with other Christians in a way that in your edifies life, you? Is there anyone
0: in your life that you, how do you phrase it? Is there anyone in your life that you know that you're unre- It wasn't that. Oh, that
1: you're unreconciled with. Yeah,
0: but it wasn't that generic. It was a lot more poignant. It was like anyone in your life that you can't talk to right now or something mm. like that because of a conflict or something.
1: Mm. But. Um, I was just thinking that with regard to, um, the thistles, this time of national unrest that has so many different ingredients going to it is this crazy disturbed earth, you know, like this is a bulldozer has gone through what used to be for some of us, what used to feel like a field of wildflowers in our souls and oh, now man, there's all this undisturbed. I have thought about
0: the well, undisturbed now earth. Well, now all this disturbed right earth wow, that's in one. our
1: hearts, and if we're not deliberately planting good seeds back into that earth, mm-hmm. what we're gonna get is thistles, and it's gonna be really hard to then eradicate the thistles and replant the good seed. And so this is a an incredibly important season in the life of the American church to be very mindful about what is popping up in this disturbed soil of our hearts and I've heard a lot of people speculate that this might be a bit of a winnowing time for the American church where I mean Rolf even quoted the passage in Revelation where is it the church in Laodicea where um Where Jesus tells the church, you're neither hot nor cold, you're lukewarm and I will spit you out of my mouth. Um, I have, I, I've heard people speculate that the American church, um, could come out of this season smaller, but stronger, Mm. um, because, um, people who have, and this is the crazy thing in the book of. Well, a lot of places, Hebrews, Revelation, I'm doing this Bible reading challenge, which has been great for me because when he's asking, like, are you in the word? I'm like, I'm following this Facebook group and I'm following this Instagram group. It's like hashtag Bible reading challenge. Um, Or you have a lot summer last year. You
0: do end up having a lot of people. um, You know, there's a lot of people kind of guilt tripping out there, though, saying, Hey, are you in the word? Now that you're home not working, you could be using all of that time to read your Bible no, and in your no, relationship. No, one, no, uh, but no, no. I've been hearing that and I'm just I want to smack some yeah, people and no. like,
1: I mean, yeah. No. No. The one that the one that I've been doing is actually quite encouraging because they're like, if you fall behind, don't try to catch up. Just jump into the day that you're on. Right. Like and they're they're their catchphrase is "You're not behind if you're reading today."
0: So I have it. Do oh, you found the do you want list. Me, do you want, Did yeah. you just
1: text Ralph for it? Yeah. You're hilarious. Yeah,
0: I said, "Hey, we're talking about it on the show right now. Send it to me." Go, 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 go. <laughs> he usually responds. He's got his phone on him. That's funny.
1: Of, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if before you read it, if I had any closing thoughts. Were, no, I feel like it, at least with it in the word, the word, fear. I'm grateful to have had this group that's very like. Mm-hmm uplifting like it's so good for my soul to be they use the 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 metaphor of feasting on the word and if you're having a dinner party you invite people and you feed them good food and you don't so this is like a dinner party for our souls that they've they're inviting people to sit around this table of the best soul food there is and that's literally the last year when they launched this that was the metaphor that they used um, and I didn't jump on last summer cause it seemed really daunting and this summer God prompted me to jump on with it and I pretty much failed in most of July, <laughs> but with my new bullet journal, <laughs> no, I just, on my mm. weekly thing I've been mm. writing since I started it w- at the beginning of August with my weekly thing, I write down what I'm supposed to read each day and it averages four chapters. And there's always a catch-up day someday in the week. Mm -hmm. And so you have a little bit of buffer and you take Sundays off. So that's also a catch-up day for me. Um, And anyway, I was going to all of this to say, so because of that, I've read Revelation and Hebrews in the last couple of weeks. And in Hebrews, it's pretty sobering how many people think that they're believers and fall away and how much harder it is to come back once you've fallen away.
0: You know, that's, yes, I have noticed a lot. I'm going to say a couple of really electric things right now. Um, But I've noticed a lot of people have just quit coming to church, at Mm -hmm. least our particular church. Um,
1: I read in a Together for the Gospel article, something like half of people who used to come four out of five Sundays Mm -hmm. are now coming two out of four Sundays. Right.
0: And there are some people I've, I've been told to by... Certain people that that, uh, (laughs) I've been told that people have actually openly said, Well, we're not even streaming anymore. And the reason they're not coming to church, and this is where I'm going to say something electric there are more people not coming to church, I think, right now. Because they disagree with a policy the church has put into place regarding masks or social distancing. you think
1: there's more people not coming because of that than absolutely than because it's just they're Mm -hmm. lazy?
0: Yeah, Um, I think it's I think I think their laziness. It's just another. It just feeds. It's just a feed into their laziness. Like they don't. Well, I'm going to use that as an excuse.
1: I don't know. Yeah, I think some of them, but others like have a very strong No, I think if you're not coming,
0: I'm going to, if you're not coming to, if you're not going to church because you disagree with a policy, you are saying, in effect, my politics and my personal opinion on carrying out those politics is more important than the gospel and being at church, being in, being the church, meeting together as a fellowship of believers as commanded. I think, I think scripture talks far more about um, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong. I'm saying if you look through scripture, it talks far more about submitting to your civil authorities than rebelling against them. And there there will come a time when, you know, we say, well, I'm not going to support that. Well, guess what? You're sending a, a pretty big statement that you're, you don't believe going to church is important enough in your life. You believe making your statement about a mask or a social distancing rule is far more important than that. And that's, that's, I if there that's are, wrong. That's I w- straight sin right there.
1: I wonder if there are people listening to you who are going to be super offended. I hope so. <laughs> no, but I, I've been wanting to call actually, some people directly and that's start pop them in the nose. <laughs> I was going to say, I wonder, have you followed the whole John MacArthur thing?
0: I have not. Well, no. bits so his, and, I've heard bits His church
1: has continued meeting and they're told, no, you can't. And they're like, look, you're letting protests happen. Like, we're not going to stop meeting. Like, God calls us to meet. And I think they even, the county or the whatever, the county, the state, whatever, was like, well, you got to wear masks. And apparently, there was a little bit of like four-degree, you know, four-dimensional chess going on here because they were like, nope, 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 we're going to sing without masks. And they were like, well, you can't meet if you're not going to wear masks. And they're like, okay, we'll wear masks. And they're like, you still can't meet. And they're. (laughs) (laughs) So it's gone like, like. Like, I think it's now at the Supreme Court level where the Supreme Court has affirmed their right to meet, but it's gone like like every level has been a different level of decision. But what I'm saying, I wonder if the congregation is like 100 percent on board with that or if there are people who are like, I don't feel like the congregate, you know, like the civil authorities were overstepping, you know, asking us to disobey God because it's for a short period of time. And, you know, it's in this greater public good and we're showing love to our neighbors by trying not to spread this horrible virus. And I wonder if there are people in the church there who are the flip side you know, it's the it's the flip side of what you're saying where we have people not coming because they think that we're bending the knee to Caesar and are being Mm -hmm. cowed into, you know, whatever. And on the other side, like, like, I don't feel like my pastor needs to thumb his nose quite so strongly at the civil authority. You know, I wonder if there's people. Oh, I think you, I think
0: you absolutely have both. You know, at, at the end of the day, for me, at the end of the day, for me, Christianity is about sacrifice. It's about sacrificing everything, not simply, um, you know, not not simply, well, I'll sacrifice twenty five dollars this month. You know, it's like really getting to the core because that's what Christ that's, you know, to Jesus, juke everyone out there. Jesus, God sacrificed His son. I don't think you putting on a mask is gonna um, is gonna meet that level. Frankly, <laughs> it's just not gonna happen. Um, but there's an element of considering, you know, the weaker brother, considering those among you who 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 may, you know, they may have a genuine struggle with, you know, or they may genuinely feel like they have to wear a mask, um, or
1: that you're a threat to them if you're not wearing. Yeah, a mask.
0: exactly. And you know, there's nothing. There's nothing you can never go wrong, in my opinion. For the most part, sacrificing yourself for somebody else.
1: I think... See, I I have a, a libertarian strain in me that sort of appreciates the anti-mask...
0: We need those people. The,
1: I'm going to call them the anti-masketeers. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> I want to give them little mask-looking, like like ears so we uh, yeah. can call them the masketeers no, instead of the masketeers?
1: I, mean, I I appreciate I feel like there are we need people who are sort of the canary in the coal mine who are calling out potential um gre- potential like down that they see in a a trajectory for potentially grievous overstepping bounds of constitutionality and of human freedom and religious liberty and i feel like there are people who are on the watch for um
0: the guard dogs if you will yes
1: they are for when is this going too far and you know for everybody has a different a different threshold Mm -hmm. for how far is too far and there have got to be people on the on the front lines who are saying this is too far and eventually if it genuinely is on that trajectory there will be a critical mass of us saying, "Yep, you were right. This is too far, and you were leading the way." Um, in that,
0: congratulations. Well, no, not
1: congratulations. I mean, at that point, I'm, you being know, I'm I've been listening off and <clears throat> on to Met- Eric Metaxas's biography of Bonhoeffer,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the um, you know there's you just get these. It's it's a very good education of part of World War II in general. Um, since he was a German, you know, you, you get a lot of history around all of World War II, not just who Bonhoeffer was, but you see kind of strains of that, like the people who are starting to cry foul really early on before 8 million Jews had been killed, you know, and eventually a critical mass of people in the global community said, hey, this is wrong, But it was really far down the line. And I would like to think that I would not be one of the average German Christians who was so far down the line in affirming Hitler that it was like the stone was rolling too fast to turn back Mm. by the time they woke up and realized how how grievous what they were doing is. And, you know, I, I don't think we're at that point in, in America,
0: we're asked to wear a mask.
1: I know, but but at the same time, you know, I mean, they're, I mean, Jews were just asked to wear a yellow star.
0: Yeah, know? no, you you're and, right. I mean, I realize feel silly
1: a... drawing that comparison, but I appreciate people who are who are throwing up the caution flags and saying, "What if there is a comparison?"
0: No, you're right. There is there is a frog in a kettle uh, in a in a kettle aspect there for sure. But I mean what at what point do they say, okay, I've what if this never goes away? Are they never coming back to church?
1: If this never goes away, I'm gonna quit the mask wearing charade too.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely quit the mask to to wearing. To me,
1: charade. even now, I'm getting kind of fed up with the sanctimonious mask wearers because there is genuine scientific disagreement about the effectiveness of masks. And so if you are going to sanctimoniously tell me that All of the experts agree you're wrong, (laughs) quite frankly. And you've turned mask wearing into a religion that blinds you to genuine science. And I'm already tired of that. But I'm also getting pretty tired of the fact that, you know, the when does it stop? Like, yes, Montana has a, you know, percentage wise... A significant surge but really we've had 30 deaths in our county since from this since March and we have I can't even remember the number it's under a thousand active cases as far as I can remember in our county and across the entire United States well cases have surged although they've they've dropped off in a lot in most places cases have surged but deaths have remained on the same numbers since like april which means that more people are catching this and less people so percentage-wise are dying from it right because all
0: the people that could die from it are dead
1: well in new york and in the nursing homes yes i'm really true. morbid no that's it's i my mean my
0: podcast i can say what i want right? yeah
1: you sure can <laughs> Um, nobody has to listen to you say it. There's That's that. true. No, we're a um, free no, country. Just, you're free not to wear know, a mask
0: and stay home from church. It's fine.
1: Yeah, you are. I'm going to
0: judge you just um, like you're judging me unf- for wearing a mask and going to church. Yeah. It's all fair.
1: Um, It's
0: all fair in love and war.
1: Anyway, um, I, you know, I think that at some point, um... Are we going to wear masks that are arguably not effective for all of life because of every virus that comes along or because this virus still exists?
0: I'm a cynic. I'm saying this is going to this is here to stay. They're going to want us to wear all of them all the time because everybody's going to be afraid of every virus now.
1: Okay, so here's another thing. No, here's the thing that. Has made me grieve the mask wearing thing. The most, well, a lot of things lately, but this probably significantly in the month of July. I think that masks, particularly the perceived threat of people who are not wearing masks um, or who are too close to you or who are engaging in behavior that you think is dangerous to them and therefore to you, people have been conditioned to see other people by and large as a threat to themselves. I think that, you know, if you look at, like, if you look objectively at other people, and as a Christian, I believe that people are sinful at their core and not ultimately good, although there are a lot of people through common grace who do good and who are very good in the world. But at root, most of us, all of us, are deeply selfish, self-preserving, and therefore, if somebody else is a threat to me, my instinct is going to be to protect myself against that other person. And through common grace, and what I believe in America to be the common grace of civil law, that being that we've been trained by our culture to do what's good to other people, because that re- we're rewarded by not getting in trouble with the law for that. Um, and in capitalism, we're rewarded by treating someone fairly, um, not cheating them, creating ben- you know transactions that are mutually beneficial to us. Um, morality is rewarded in our civic and in our economic system. By and large, you know, the justice system helps mitigate the selfishness in capitalism ideally anyway ideally um no but i think i think that we have been dulled to the fact that people are actually a threat to us in most ways and the mask wearing thing has brought that back like if you're walking well prior to the mask mandate in montana you could walk down a grocery store aisle not wearing a mask and people would scatter from you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it wasn't even six it's feet.
0: It's really disconcerting it when was. do that.
1: It was, I can't even be in the same aisle as you, 12 feet away. And I will stand at the end of the aisle and I will glare at you because you are disrupting my sense of safety. Because you are now, by your very presence, a threat to me. And you walk in a store and a lot of people are not making eye contact because it's hard to read facial expressions with only eyes and are avoiding each other because they're all a threat to me. They're a threat to me. And if I've got vulnerable people that I'm trying to stay healthy, which which everyone does, that I'm trying to protect, you're also a threat to my loved ones. And I think that that is going to do really long lasting damage to our cultural psyche besides the fact that everyone's a threat now too if you like you know if your friends you know i'm not gonna go into black lives matters because that's gonna get us in a ton ton of trouble with people um but no i mean like the i read an article in the atlantic the other day about the new york school advisory board meeting where the guy had the black baby the white guy had the black baby bouncing on his knee Mm -hmm. and it was this totally like He had family friends over and the baby was fussy and the aunt who had the baby with her popped the baby on the friend's knee so she could deal with something like with the two girls fighting or something. And so he's on a Zoom meeting, bouncing a baby, a black baby, a white man is bouncing a black baby on his knee. And that was deeply scarring to people. And they wouldn't say, they couldn't say why, except the anti-racism phrase, do the work. So I read this Atlantic article. I'll find you the link to it so you can post it because the Atlantic is generally not, quote unquote, on our side. But just this this othering and the, like, everybody, by their actions, by their attitudes, by what they're wearing, by how close they are to me, everybody is a threat to me now. And how, how do you move forward as a nation when you can't even go to the grocery store and not have somebody feel like they're at No, you're
0: you're 100% my biggest complaint about all of the social distancing and mask wearing measures is the social distancing. So the mask wearing dehumanizes us. It removes our face from other people's Interactions. We can read a lot with people's faces. There's something very human about that. There's something very human about interaction. We're designed to live in community. We're designed to interact face to face.
1: Communities. Face. face,
0: Yeah. And you you remove that with social distancing. And I, you know, I. That's what's always bugged me. I was like, that's not. This is not. That by itself. You bring up a whole other layer that I hadn't thought about. But those two things, when this first started, I said, this is going to have this is going to be this is going to have an impact we don't realize on our on our on our culture that we're just completely unfamiliar with like it's just it's going to happen i would you know i would vastly choose to live in the woods in a random community with no mask wearing and no social distancing measures than i would in a giant urban city with all the perks no i'm not down with that it's no fun like that was my experience in emeryville people were diving out of my way And giving me dirty looks. Yeah. And i to be like, Yeah, you just I can just punch you in the stomach, you know, would that be? But they're just like, Murr. you know, it's like, Yeah, I'm gonna affect you and everybody else. I'm gonna murder you. It's really disconcerting to have people look at you like that.
1: Well, if you had a mask covering your mouth, they wouldn't have actually been looking at you like that.
0: Yes, it was true. I was walking through a park without a mask on. <laughs> and they were at least forty feet away.
1: Oh, it's so crazy. <laughs> so crazy. Um do you want to read that list? Yeah, can let's you read, read the it list. in under a minute?
0: Um, maybe. We'll read the list. <laughs> Ralph, Taking a spiritual inventory. And these are questions that you can I'll post I'll post this on our show notes so you can print it off if you want. Respond to the following questions with a one or a, a a num a number system, one through ten. One being not good at all, ten being wonderful, you're crushing it, right? One, I sense the presence of God's spirit in me almost daily. 2 i have a clear sense of purpose in my life 3 frequently i spend time in solitude reflecting on my faith 4 i think i know my spiritual gifts and i'm using them 5 my charitable gift my charitable giving is planned rather than random 6 i nurture my relationship with my god daily well, not my god with god daily through a focused time of prayer silence, meditation, devotional reading, journaling, singing, listening to music, or other spiritual discipline. 7. I feel healthy and whole as a person. 8. I am regularly involved in directly helping the poor and or disadvantaged. 9. I am disciplined in how I manage my credit cards and debt. 10. I claim or have reclaimed a strong sense of my personal identity and worth. 11. 11. Today I know of no relationship where I owe an apology. 12. I live authentically, revealing to others who I really am and what really matters to me. 13. I readily forgive when I have conflict with others. 14. I have a strong belief that all I have belongs to God, and I willingly share God's blessings. 15. I take time to play, rest, and sometimes do nothing for a period of time, at least weekly. Sixteen. I am addressing my particular underlying faith issues. Seventeen. I feel hopeful about life and the future. Eighteen. I recognize that it is God's Spirit that heals me and makes me whole. Nineteen. I am grateful for the experiences of my life and opportunities to grow in grace. Twenty. I'm growing in my love for the Lord and others during this global pandemic. I would, I think it'd be fun for us to go through and answer these for ourselves and then talk about our answers. Yeah. Yeah. And then we can talk about our answers. But what was the the one
1: about like being honest with each other? I don't really want to talk about my answers on the show.
0: (laughs) Oh, I think it'd be, I think it'd be a hoot. You know, like, I'm growing in love for the Lord and others during this global pandemic. Not really. No. <laughs> I'm just looking at everybody with more and more cynicism and, and you know, frustration. I'm like, you guys are idiots. All of you. Everyone is dumb. But that's not...
1: And on that note...
0: Everyone is dumb, including myself. I'll point the finger back at myself.
1: You did start trying to design a people are weird and hard shirt.
0: I did, yeah. I haven't really made too much more progress on it. I, I kind of got something. I, I made the whole thing into a square, um, but I'm not sure I like the design. I'd rather have my buddy Mike, <clears throat> if you're listening, design the shirt. But um, <laughs> you have
1: to pay him
0: to. You don't have to pay him to. Just yeah.
1: I just want black with white courier. People are weird and hard. Period. All lowercase letters. Okay. I'll do. I'll, I'll make it, it a right? lot.
0: I'll oh. make it a lot simpler for you. Would you get? What are? Would you you? Would our fans buy it? Would you buy it? Would you guys all out there buy it? Would that be something... Could you, you do
1: purchase? our logo on... Like, in just white? Also?
0: Yeah... It'd take a little bit of time because I'd have to change all the coloring. Oh. But it's really a matter of just selecting... It depends on how he laid out the original design file. Uh. But it's doable. Everything is doable. It depends on how much time you want to take. And I am uploading our podcasts, whole podcasts to youtube it takes a long time and i'm a little bit behind but i'm getting that um up there as well so most of the things we discussed in the show will post in the show notes that you can listen and if you no longer want to listen to us because of something i offended you i'm sorry that you're (laughs) offended (laughs) Um. (laughs) okay I do have some compassion, but, you know, I've been keeping my mouth shut about most things. So you have to give me some credit. That's for, true. I've been, you have been pretty chill lately. Um, if you want to, if you like what we have to say and you want to, uh, it'd be it'd mean a lot to us if you shared us with your friends. So please post, uh, post a link to the show in your Facebook feeds, um, send it to an email, um, let them know something you like about it and uh, tag us in it because we'd love to see that as well. You can follow us at toobusytoflush.com or tb2f.com. We have an Instagram with the same handle and a YouTube channel with the same handle and a Facebook group uh, page with the same handle. Molly likes to post a lot of homeschooling things on our Facebook page. I don't post anything because I only have a Facebook page to manage Facebook pages and and occasionally shop on the Marketplace. Occasionally. But, you know, Marketplace people are weird. I won't get into it, but Marketplace people are weird. You know, it's like I swear they do nothing but shop on marketplace, and by the time you get to something, it's been gone for like four hours. In or six minutes. minutes. In six minutes, yeah. gone. Um, I don't have that kind of dedication. So that said, thank you for listening, and um, we will see you. Uh, hopefully, we'll talk to you hopefully again soon.
1: All right. Good night.